One of the great truths about success is that the ideas underlying it tend to be fairly straightforward. Implementing them effectively and consistently is always the hard part. You're listening to Guaranteed to Grow, the podcast for entrepreneurs who are looking for actionable steps they can take to validate, test, launch, and scale their software idea. I'm your host, Patrick Parker, a serial entrepreneur and multi-million dollar business owner that's passionate about helping entrepreneurs just like you. Expect to hear topics that will help you grow and expand your business in innovative ways that you would have never considered before. Let's dive in. Today's episode of Guaranteed to Grow focuses on what I personally believe to be the most important startup activity, which is building and executing a winning go-to-market strategy. If you get this step right, the customers come pouring in with their credit cards in hand, but if you fail to execute properly, then your business is unlikely to survive over the next few years. So to prevent your product from ending up in the software graveyard, we'll be covering the critical components that are required in order to craft and execute a successful go-to-market strategy. You've worked so hard up until this point to validate your business idea and build your product, but the next activity is really where the rubber meets the road. So let's get started with the basics. What is a go-to-market strategy and when do you need one? Quite simply, your go-to-market strategy is going to be your roadmap for how you're going to reach your target market with your product or service. Essentially, your go-to-market strategy is a detailed action plan that is created to position your offering for market launch. So it's all about providing clarity and meaning to your product, and it focuses primarily on answering three foundational questions. What is your product or service being introduced? Who is it being introduced to? And what is the value that your ideal customers can expect to receive? If you can clearly articulate the answer to all three of those questions and then select the right marketing channels to disseminate your message, then your go-to-market strategy has a very good chance of being successful. Anytime you're launching a new product in an existing market or you're bringing an existing product to a new market or you're testing a new product in a new market, you'll need to create a go-to-market strategy. So it's not an activity that you just complete one time. It's something that as you continue to grow and scale uh, and look to pivot and attract target customers or new ICPs in tangential markets, um, you'll need to revisit this process. You'll need to reevaluate and redefine your ICPs, your messaging, uh, your buyer personas, and you'll have to basically start over in this process from scratch. So let's start here with just deconstructing the questions that I just mentioned so that you really understand what is required. Now, the first question was, what is a product or service being introduced? And quite simply, the the answer to your first question really lies within your brand strategy. Your brand strategy is the set of guidelines that help determine what your core values are for your company and then what you want to achieve ultimately with your business. So a solid brand strategy will be built around differentiation, wherein you can use your company and its unique value proposition to create a competitive advantage uh, and to ultimately satisfy your customer needs. If you haven't completed this crucial step, 
I encourage you to go back and listen to the episode where I do a deep dive on everything around branding. Uh, there's a lot of valuable information there and more importantly, a lot of actionable steps that you can take uh, to build out a brand that will stand out in the crowd. The second question that we're trying to answer is, who's it being introduced to? Uh, this would be your ideal customer profile. So hopefully you've done the deep work while you're validating your business idea and you've already have those clearly defined ICPs and buyer personas. So who it is being introduced to refers solely to targeting. And in order to sell your product or service, you need to understand who will benefit from your product or service. So if you haven't defined your ICPs and buyer personas, uh, then you're just not ready to launch. Uh, you need to go back and complete that crucial step first. So I've also got a great episode that lays out the framework that we use uh, when defining ideal customer profiles. And it's something that will help you go extremely deep in terms of understanding who your customers are, where your customers live, how they consume information, uh, so that you can ultimately reach and engage with those customers. The third question that we are trying to answer is, what is the value that your ideal customers can accept uh, can expect to receive from your product? And this refers to the messaging and the marketing plan that will outline your sales strategy and encompass how you will take your product to market. How are you going to introduce your brand to the market and how will you engage with your customers in the execution of your marketing plan? So as you're going through and you're looking at the messaging, traditionally you want to create different messaging for each of your buyer personas. Uh, depending on who your ICPs are and where those buyer personas live organizationally within the, the companies that you're targeting, you may need to have different marketing channels as well for that messaging to be distributed. But overall, now that you have that foundational understanding of what a go-to-market strategy is and then what we're trying to achieve in answering those three questions, we can begin to look at the nine-step framework that we use uh, when creating uh, winning strategies, both for our businesses, our products, uh, as well as our client products. And it all begins with the first step of actually identifying the problem. So every great product has to solve a problem. You've probably heard me say this a million times, but if your product doesn't solve a problem, you have a problem. And Nothing could be more true than that. If you're not solving a problem and alleviating a pain point for your ideal customer profiles, your business is going to cease to exist in a few years. 42% uh, of all companies that fail, fail because they were unable to achieve product market fit, which means that they were not able to solve the most pressing pain points of their ICPs. So this is extremely important that you've done this as part of uh, the startup processes when you're validating your ideas, understanding that uh, product market is essential if you want to gain a competitive advantage uh, and if you want to ensure that you're launching the right product to the right customers at the right time. So it's a term that a lot of people are familiar with, uh, but a lot of people underestimate the importance of actually having product market fit. The other thing when it comes to product market fit is that your product has to have an existing demand within the market. It is possible to go into a market where there is not a demand for a product. However, it's an uphill battle, and it may be a situation where customers don't realize that a problem exists yet, right? Which 
is then going to require a lot of education, a lot of handholding, um, and a lot of advocacy in order to make people aware of the problem and how you solve it. So it's much more difficult to launch a product where there's not an existing demand uh, by creating a demand. The second step in this process is to define your target audience. So you can start by asking these three questions. Who's experiencing the problem that your product solves? What are the specific frustrations your product can alleviate? How much is your audience willing to pay for a solution? And then you can use the answers to those three questions as a basis for defining your ideal customer profiles and buyer personas. And so if you go back and you look at uh, or listen to the episodes that I have earlier around branding and around the three-step process for building winning uh, ICPs, then that's going to give you everything that you need in order to start defining those. The third step in this process is to research competition and demand. Again, hopefully this is something that as you are validating your idea, you've already started out uh, and done some of the legwork here. And so what you're really trying to understand here is who already offers a similar version of your product? What audiences or geographic regions do your competitors target? How does your product differ from any competitors? What do you offer that they don't? Is there a demand for your product or is the market oversaturated? And so to fully understand the market landscape, you need to conduct a competitive analysis to identify your direct and indirect uh, competitors and to uncover their strengths and weaknesses in relation to uh, those of your own product. So this is something that, you know, I, I talk about extensively where software and specifically software as a service is extremely competitive and extremely saturated. There's over 25,000 existing products that are out there. There's a thousand new ones being created every year. So the chances that, you know, you have existing competition within your marketplace are extremely high. So it's critical that you know who the players are and you understand what they offer so that you can uh, differentiate yourself within the marketplace. The fourth step in this process is to actually create your messaging. So you need to determine the key messages that you're going to convey to potential customers. The best approach is to tailor individual messaging to each of the buyer personas so that you can address their unique values and frustrations. And to map your messaging to each buyer persona, I recommend creating a value matrix, which is basically a way of breaking down each persona looking at their pain points, the value that your product brings, and then a key message that conveys how your product can solve their unique problem. The fifth step in this process is going to be to map your buyer's journey. And so most often the buyer's journey is visualized as a funnel broken down into three sections. This is where the acronyms that I absolutely hate, uh, tofu, mofu, and bofu come in, where you have your top of funnel, middle of funnel, and bottom of funnel. Your top of funnel is where your customers know the problem that they want to solve and they're actively researching solutions. So they may not be aware that your product exists, but during this phase, it's your job to basically grab their attention so that they are willing to consider your product. The middle of funnel is where your customers start to weigh in um, and they look at your product uh, and start comparing it against other available options. So your goal during this phase is really just to convince potential buyers that your product is the best option. And in the information age, a quick Google search is going to basically lay out the competitive landscape for your 
prospect. And at that point in time, they're going to be able to go in and research your company as well as your competitors. So it's your job to create content that basically displays why your product is superior and the ways that it's differentiated from those of your competitors. And then you have the bottom of the funnel where your customer is basically ready to pull the trigger. They're deciding whether to purchase your product or one of your competitor's products. And so the goal for this phase is just to convince them to commit. And I talk a lot about in, in building out your messaging and in creating social proof, how you can leverage that to kind of push people over the edge. The other thing that you can do here is introduce discounts and promotional offers uh, that will help 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 to add value uh, that your customers may not be providing and to, to further them along in the journey to the point that they actually are, are checking out and uh, becoming customers for your business. The next step, step six, is to pick your marketing channels. And you've got to pick these wisely. Um, where do your ideal customers consume information? Do they get it on social media? Do they read magazines? Do they browse the web? Are they reading blogs? Are they reading industry publications? There's so many different uh, channels and mediums where they consume information on a daily basis. It's your job to have a presence uh, wherever they hang out. So marketing channels are just basically the different types of content that you are using to create demand for your product and to move those potential customers uh, through your marketing funnel. So for example, we touched on social media. You've also got paid search. Uh, you've got blogs. You've got SEO content. You have emails. All of those are different marketing channels. Uh, understanding what reaches um, your customers and how they prefer to, to consume information is going to help you really be successful during this phase. The marketing channels that you ultimately choose uh, should be decided by two things. Who is your target audience? and then where your potential customers are along in their buyer journey. So how aware are they? Are they problem aware? Are they solution aware? Are they product aware? Are they pricing aware? Are they ready to convert? And then creating the content for each different stage in that funnel. Uh, I've got another great episode coming up uh, here next week that talks about how to build an authority engine uh, using social proof. And that is, uh, does a great job of laying out a framework and a roadmap that you can implement in your business uh, to create those different types of content that are needed for each of the different stages of your sales funnel. The seventh step here is to create your sales plan. And the entire goal of your go-to-market strategy is to sell your product. So you'll need to develop a sales and conversion strategy where your customers buy through self-service. Will the sales rep demo the product and then close the deals? Will you have strategic partners that are selling on your behalf? Where is your deal flow coming from and what does that look like? How can you capture those leads? How can you drive those conversions? Uh, some of you may be saying a lot of products that I see when they have, when they execute a go-to-market strategy, they don't actually monetize their product. And you're absolutely right. A lot of companies decide to test the market with uh, freemiums or free trials, wherein the sole purpose of launching the product is to gain as much traction and adoption uh, through free accounts as possible. Personally, I'm not a big fan of free of the freemium model or of free trials, um, especially during the go-to-market phase, uh, just because you're not going to get the same level of feedback from free users because they have no skin in the game. 
So you're going to get much better feedback from your paying users who are actually giving you their money in hopes that you're solving a problem. So the feedback that you get from them is going to be much more reliable and credible. Not, not saying that freemium doesn't work. Obviously, there's a ton of companies in the market that have been extremely successful. Their whole goal was just to get traction and then later figure out, okay, now how can I monetize this product? But once you have the, the consumer base, it becomes a lot easier to figure out how to monetize. The eighth step in this process is to actually set goals and define metrics. So how's it going? Are we making sales? Are we hitting our revenue goals? Are we signing up the number of users that we expected? Are we you know, generating the number of leads that we need to actually uh, convert a meaningful number of clients? And every great go-to-market strategy has to start with clear objectives. So you have to have goals that give you specific targets to aim at, uh, a clear timeline, and then a way to measure your progress. Without clearly defined goals, it's hard to tell if your strategy is even working. So again, every different type of business is going to have different types of goals as part of their go-to-market strategy. We just talked about uh, the freemium model, where their goal is primarily usage or utilization. They want to capture the largest user base as possible. So they're looking at daily active, monthly active users, how many tasks are being performed within their application um, and how they are able to growth hack or continue to uh, onboard and acquire new clients under that freemium model. Similarly, if you have a paid monetization scheme set up that when you are uh, launching your product, you're focused on actually selling your product and converting paying customers, then you have very different metrics, right? You're focused on things like cost per lead, customer acquisition costs, lifetime value of the customers. You're focused on the different marketing channels, what your reach is, um, what your engagement is, and then other metrics that help to identify or, or provide clarity to how well your strategy is performing. So it all comes back to performance in the end, but if you don't have those goals and metrics clearly defined, then there's no way that you'll be able to, to track and to monitor uh, those key performance uh, key performance indicators that you've selected as a way to evaluate the effectiveness of your strategy. The last step in the process is to actually create clear processes. So how are you going to share your strategy throughout your team or throughout an entire organization? In order to be effective, you need to have everyone in the same boat rowing in the same direction at the same time. So communication during this step is absolutely critical. Uh, you need all of the different business functions, everything from your product team to your marketing, to sales, to customer success, to support, to your executive leadership, all on the same page in terms of what the goals and objectives are for launching this product, what the expectations are, and then being able to benchmark uh, the outcomes based on those expectations. So that's going to let you know whether or not it has been successful or not. More importantly, those processes for how you are going to uh, capture those leads that are coming in, how you are going to convert customers, how you are going to transition them from uh, a deal that has been won and do a handoff from your sales team to your uh, customer success team. What happens when they have problems? Who do they call? Falls into support. So understanding the entire kind of end-to-end -end process of what a user may experience while engaging with your brand is extremely paramount at this process. At this point in the process, and having those clear, clearly defined processes are going to ultimately 
make or break your go-to-market strategy and eventually your company. So it's important to get it right the first time and to take time to actually define processes. Again, this is for an initial launch. So going forward, you're going to continuously refine this as you continue to grow and mature as a company. That's all I have for today. I just wanted to walk you through this nine-step framework that we covered, introduce you to what a go-to-market strategy is and when to create one. Hopefully, you've walked away with some actionable steps uh, and got a good bit of value out of this episode. So, as always, make sure that you uh, like, comment, and subscribe, and then share this with another entrepreneur that needs to hear this. Maybe there's someone that has just recently built a product and is trying to figure out how to launch it in the marketplace. Maybe it's someone that is starting the process from scratch, but just needs some direction and guidance on how to guarantee growth within their business. Either way, make sure that you are helping people in the same way that I'm trying to help you. Till next time, I'm your host, Patrick Parker. I'll catch you next week. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen in on today's episode. I had a blast recording it for you, and I hope that you found some really great takeaways. 